everyone. We're about to get into episode four of Atlanta. But first, I'd like to give you a quick Recapables update. Great news. We're launching another Recapables podcast. It is going to be about the Showtime show Billions. It's going to be on this same feed. That podcast will be hosted by Mallory Rubin and a very nice man named Bill Simmons. We will also keep doing Atlanta on this feed. So if you are here for Atlanta, keep listening. And if you are also a fan of Billions, check back on Sunday nights after that show airs and you will have new episodes hosted by Bill and Mallory. So it's very exciting. More television and more podcasts about television. So keep an eye out for that. And now we're going to talk about Atlanta. Hello, and welcome to The Recapables, a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Amanda Dobbins, the culture editor for The Ringer. I'm here today with Micah Peters. And Allison Herman. Hello. Today we're talking about episode four of Atlanta. It's called Helen. It was directed by Amy Simons, written by Taufik Kalade, and we've got a lot of feelings about it. I don't want to keep having this conversation. I'm really tired. We don't have to have this conversation now. We can talk about it in the morning. Well, I don't want to keep waiting around for you. And I don't want you to waste any more of your time. We have just watched episode four of season two of Atlanta, and we are in our feelings. We're this is a fresh in our feelings. Are, um, yeah, we're, I'm, knee deep, I'm neck deep, yeah, actually. And, and this is, we just watched this show also. This is like a pretty immediate reaction. Yeah. And <laughs> this was... A tense episode. Let's put it that way. Let's have this bloodletting session. I mean, this is ridiculous. The brief version is that Ern and Van go to a Oktoberfest celebration, or it's a specific party within Oktoberfest. It's like a heritage celebration. Yeah. So things are already really weird. And then the kind of their relationship comes to a head and they have all of the really brutal conversations that have been kind of bubbling below the surface. Yep. And it's extremely, extremely uncomfortable and real and I think incredibly well written. But I can I can speak for Mike and myself. We both wanted to hide under the various pieces of furniture near us while watching this episode. Yeah. So Amanda and Micah watched this together. I watched this by myself. This is maybe the first Atlanta episode I can remember where I thought, I'm so glad I'm alone right now. Atlanta's a very funny show. Comedies are normally best enjoyed in crowds. This was not the most comedic episode of Atlanta. It's a very good one. It's but... an extremely good episode of television. But yeah, this one, this 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 fucked me up a little. It, it's I did as well. Mike and I, I, I was happy to be on the journey with you, Micah. And I was really happy to not be on the journey with my husband. This is a tough one to watch. <laughs> this is a tough one to watch with partners because it's really, really the conversations are so spot on. We should say this episode, Helen, was directed by Amy Simons and written by Taufik Kalade. It's his first episode of television, and this is quite a debut because there are a lot of scenes and conversations that are going to stay with me for a very long yeah. time. I also think Amy Simons is a really good choice of director to bring on for this episode. For those who may not be familiar, I think her highest profile project is probably The Girlfriend Experience, which right. is the star's adaptation of the Steven Soderbergh movie that she does with Lodge Kerrigan. Basically, she's very used to filming power exchanges between the genders and relationships that are ambiguous but still very, very intense, which I think are two adjectives that describe whatever Ern and Matt yeah. have going on. Yeah. They really nailed well. this one. Yeah. So, on the Recapables, we give awards. This doesn't really feel like a celebratory set of awards. These are kind of categories and 
things of note rather than celebrations, I would say. Yeah. And so our first category is the most uncomfortable or traumatic conversation on the show. <sighs> yeah. A lot of candidates. There are a lot of candidates. <sighs> uh, we talked briefly about this. <laughs> Micah, would you like to share your... Uh, sure. Every single relationship conversation yeah. uh, <laughs> produced a very searing phantom pain, like right. a dull ache, really. Right. It was mostly like I was just going through the, the duration of the episode and being like, damn, 2012, damn, 2013. <laughs> no, right. But crucial difference, like, it's, when 2012, you were like in your early 20s, Ern is like at the youngest, 28, and he's still doing this. That was <laughs> and it's so nice. No, but the thing is, it's like, no, it's, 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 like, really, I mean, I but you, you, didn't, you didn't let me finish. I was like, damn, two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I was like, holy shit, last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I think that specifically the conversation that I found the most uncomfortable mm -hmm. was when they were having the conversation about, first of all, when they show up to this Oktoberfest festival thing, everybody is in costume and Earn is crucially not. Like, just wearing a regular-ass gray T-shirt. Let's define costume. Everyone's wearing, like, Lederhosen and Dirndls and weird. The whole town is done in the style of—I Googled this. I didn't know. I didn't recognize the Bavarian style. Mm -hmm. But that's—it's supposed to look like an Alpine town. It's weird. It's it's ske It's sketchy AF. Yes. Right? Okay, but anyway, like, he's not, he's not dressed up. He's not really participating. He's kind of, like, super uncomfortable and, for whatever reason, like, terminally unable to, like, just roll with it. And Van takes offense to it. And it's just, like, one of those conversations where it's just like, why has it always got to be a production when— we do the one thing that I want to do. We do your shit all the time. Mm -hmm. We do your shit all the fucking time. We went to a strip club. You like she, the strip club? I like going to a strip club? I'm a woman. I need to go fucking look at titties? Then just say you don't enjoy it. No, I like want to just spend time with you. It doesn't matter well, to me. Well, I was me. trying to fucking spend time with you. I wanted to go dancing. It's fucking stupid. I don't like it. But you can't do it for me? I'm not trying to go to fucking Alfred's concerts every fucking weekend. I wouldn't shit on that. That's paying your fucking bills. I wanted to tear open the floor with my fingernails and crawl inside of it. It was like that uncomfortable It for was me. such a recognizable conversation. Yeah. The adjective that I wrote down to describe the way Ern reacts to Vanessa very reasonably calling him out for some pretty like elementary offenses was Woodcockian. Yeah. Can you explain that reference? <laughs> so there's a movie called Phantom Thread that yeah. I would put up here in the don't watch with your partner unless you're very confident in your relationship Hall of Fame. But basically, there's an iconic scene that Amanda can do a great impression of Thank at you. your request yeah. where... Uh, the woman makes a dinner for the man and basically arranges a date night and is like, hey, here's a pretty necessary conversation we need to have. And the guy is like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? When she's being like, why don't you pay attention to me and act, do like normal partner things? <laughs> I just have no time for yeah. consultation. Yes, I can't I make just time, have for no time for <laughs> This feels like a trap is like Earn's incredibly inarticulate version of yeah. I have no time for confrontation. But also he says, he says, this feels like a trap. When his ass sent the text message about, I know. Uh, hey, we need to talk. You never send a text message that says we need to talk. I do have to say that these DTRs or these conversations make Phantom Thread look like a Disney rom-com. Like, <laughs> they are so 
honest and the language is very, very specific. And it is honestly how people talk to each other as yeah. opposed to the kind of witticized, televisionized, like, oh, this is the the best version of this fight. People saying what they, we wish we could say in this moment. No, it's like actually what like, they it's, say. You don't get do You're being overs. a fucking baby. Yes. Yeah. Like, You're there's no a, sugarcoating. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. When she says I'm tired and it's just kind of like you, it's not like an angry I'm tired that, and it's not a, a disappointed I'm tired. It's just like a, like she's physically, like you can see it like wash over yeah. her face and it's just like more devastating than, you know, like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's just like I'm tired is worse. The most traumatic moment for me is when at the very end of the episode, she gets up the courage to say, I want to be in a committed relationship. I want to be treated like a human being, which it's this arrangement works works for me. me. And that's his response. That is what Ern says in response to I want to be valued. I want to be a human, which takes so much courage. And then he's like, I don't know what I want. I, I know this arrangement works for me. So it works for you. So you don't want to change anything. This definitely feels like a trap. Oof. It's just like a kick in the stomach. There are just so many, like, obvious let them down easy things you can say in that moment, particularly to someone who is the mother of your child and you are going to have to deal with for the next decade and a half at minimum. He doesn't even have the courage to say, if you're not happy with this, we should break it off. He almost seems disappointed when she's like, okay, I said I wanted to be treated this way. You clearly don't want to treat me this way. It's over. And he's like, why is it over? Right. But I feel like that's actually (laughs) what is so (laughs) accurate and kind of brutal about this episode because there are a lot of things he should say. There are a lot of things that we should all say to each other in moments, in romantic relationships, in friendships, in interacting with people. And very rarely do we actually have the phantom thread line to say to them. Most of the time we are fumbling and like earn and just really, really screwing it up. And you just watch this flash by and you're like, nope, you screwed it's that up. It's honestly like watching a car, like a head-on collision yep. between two cars in slow motion. It's yep. like Right. And it's just continually happening. And you just want to reach through the TV and be like, it's so uncomfortable. I did have an award nomination, which is the most on the nose visual metaphor for a relationship, which is playing table tennis. (laughs) The volleying back and forth. It doesn't matter who wins. Yeah. Yeah. Just. But also there's a clear winner. There's There's someone who's like, who is winning and someone who's not. There's a, there's a clear winner. And also just the way that the way that the last ping pong game happens where it's just kind of like they zoom out from the table and they zoom in on their faces and you don't know how the game ends, but you know as soon as yeah, they cut the scene. Yeah, you don't have to know how yeah, the game exactly. ends. The game has ended before the game, it's begun. Exactly. <laughs> oh, woof. Oh. Now I'm back in my feelings. I Like I'm, you know, can can I get a hug or something? Yeah, here. Like, can I, All right, we're just, we're going to hold hands through the next one. All right, so I have the next category. That was the too real category. Uh And now we have the completely unreal category, (laughs) which has been, what a segue. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Traditionally, this is the Black Justin Bieber Award for Surrealism, which is named after a episode from the first season. Mm. There are several nominees here. Pretty much all of them have to do with the fact that these people are in a weird fake German town. Yeah, this is weirdly... Like, very technically, this is one of the least surreal episodes of Atlanta. All the things that are happening are really happening. There's not an invisible car. Justin Bieber's not magically black. It just feels so surreal. Which is true. Everything is technically happening, but you have a very, very 
realistic core to the episode. And then you have people in a weird fake German town. It's a weird German heritage Oktoberfest party for no reason. And though I know that ZZ Beats is actually, the actress who plays Van is German-American. It, I don't think that they've connected. This is the way that I read that. Yes. Is that her ability to speak fluent German and then going to this festival that she apparently went to like every year when she was a kid. Right. Like they hastily render that in like the first couple minutes of the episode. Yes. But I feel like this popping up now hints at Earn being a neglectful boyfriend, like not wanting to learn things about the person he's dating. Oh, yeah. interesting. The structural choice that we're just yeah, finding. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And the way it's it's filmed in the episode is the first conversation we see Van have in fluent German, it's Earn is there and they're speaking without including Earn and we don't get any subtitles. Mm-hmm. And then we get another scene where she's speaking in German, but it's just her and the guy she's speaking German with and Earn isn't there. And suddenly there are subtitles because that scene is from... Van's perspective, right. so mm-hmm. we understand everything that's happening. Right. Uh, one bitte für die da hinten. Sprichst Deutsch? Ja, aber nur ich. Ja, nicht. Nee, er spricht kein Deutsch. No. Okay, das ist unsere Geheimsprache dann. Do you understand that? No. To go back, everything is happening, but we're Germantown. Van suddenly speaks German. There are people in really creepy masks just floating around all over the place. And please don't forget the wolf character, like the wolf thief. The wolf the demon. Weird demon the weird demon that comes out like of the dumpster. Feet tall. Yeah. yeah, but that's at the end. He, he's kind of weaving throughout. So there is this kind of really destabilizing core of I don't know what's happening here in the episode that is, it is Atlanta-like, but it does also highlight the the really, really harsh truths at the center of the episode. There are all these weird little points of difference I noticed. Like, one really big one is the soundtrack. Almost all the music is diegetic, except for, like, the last song. It's just you hear it, like, playing over a sound system, and it's almost all, like, Dua Lipa, like, a Kendrick single, like, super, super big pop songs just kind of tinnily playing in the background. You don't get the usual Atlanta super, super current rap. Like, we are in the Mm -hmm. city of Atlanta, and this is what it sounds like. And for a show that music is so integral to the identity of, I think that's a very subtle destabilizing thing, Mm -hmm. but it's part of the we're not in the normal Atlanta space. I also, like, feel like in the past, they've used that to accentuate this is an important thing that you really need to be paying attention to. Like at the end of the uh, episode where him and Darius go on that adventure to find the cane Corso or whatever, and they're sitting on the hood of the car and they finally decide that they're friends. And then the Mike, Michael Kiwanuka song starts playing. Like it's those choices, like you were saying, are like very interesting. They are creating a very specific, very weird vibe, which is always what Atlanta is doing. And it was just this one is extremely unexpected. First of all, because it's not in Atlanta. They're in Helen, which I Googled. It's in North Georgia, in case you're curious. Apparently, you can go there if you would like to re-experience this and also ruin your relationship. I don't want to do that. Anyway, I think we all agree that it was some aspect of the Oktoberfest. Allison, you singled out, like, the Hoots Coots. Some weird game. I also think uh, a notable part of this is this is maybe the most white people who have ever been on screen 
in oh, Atlanta. Oh, in the show? Yeah. Yeah, like maybe the Spotify episode, but this is definitely, and part of it is also like, savage. part of the gist is just like, that like white culture just is weird and uncanny. <laughs> I think I mean, that's part it's of the, well the thematic takeaway. But it's, it's very much that meme about like, oh, white people have no culture. I'm going to show you this. <laughs> it's something really fucking random. <laughs> yeah, it's like this and like Jello salads from the Midwest. <laughs> but, oh God. but they play some oh. game and it looks super complicated and there are clearly some convoluted rules that Van understands and Earn doesn't. And it involves passing a ball around and Earn just, when he gets the ball, kind of panics, takes the ball and just puts it in a jug that's literally right in front of him. And the whole room goes Dead silent. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was crazy. How'd you do that? I just put the... I just held the balls and put them in the jug. No, 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 hold on. I've been playing hoots coots since I was a little kid, and I've, I've never seen anyone do that. How did you do that? I, I just held the balls and, and put them in the jug. <laughs> Even in that moment, there's a way that you can spin that and be like, listen, man, you know... I was born to do that. Like, make a you joke. Can make, yeah, anything. play along. Yeah. This may be an unpopular opinion. That is the only moment when I relate to or empathize with Ern in the whole episode. Because that whole scene is kind of filmed. They keep closing in on his face, being like, what the like hell is going on? And don't what are yeah. you guys doing? Why is, is this happening? That's, that's, that's the best face so Donald Lover tough. makes yeah. every yeah. episode, is the what's happening? And, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Like, I was, it, it was, uh, it was traumatic. Yeah. I, I was reliving a few things. Yeah. Just the whole idea that everyone else here understands the rules and I don't. Exactly. Anything I can do could trigger them either yelling at me or yelling for me. And that's just very terrifying to me personally. Yeah. All right. The last category, we normally do most valuable player. That doesn't really feel totally appropriate today. So we're going to do the least valuable player. And I think there's one obvious answer. But first, there's one thing we haven't talked about. And it is relates to Micah's answer. So we should talk about Van and right. her shitty friend. Van and oh. her shit. Okay, first of all. Van uh, has a lot of shitty friends. Dude from, yeah, like the, <laughs> the dude from the first episode, I I forget what his name is. I but think it's Dave. I've it's referred to Dave. him in, in print as head-ass white Henley dude. <laughs> um, he's I think he's the N-word guy from the pilot. Yeah, the N-word guy from the pilot, right? Shows up and him and Ern are just talking about relationships randomly. And they're hanging out, and they're on a couple's date, and his girlfriend is black, right? Mm-hmm. But Van's friend basically just keeps introducing her as Lottie's mom or Ern's girl or this, that, and the other thing. And everybody in the scene knows her name, and nobody says it. It's just the most—like, I like I, like, I was wanted to flip something over. And then they sit down, they have this conversation about, actually, you know, I just feel like Lottie's mom— suits you being a baby mama suits you because you, you always make went, that shit work you make that shit work because you know like you always went black like you always went to the black parties it's and what you chose it's yeah. what you chose and it's just kind of like this really antiquated and dumb binary between like being black means one thing it was just like one of those conversations where i was just kind of like everybody shut the fuck up the Zazie Beats reaction in that scene is really, really excellent. It's so good because it's just kind of like she She's not even talking. She's not even yeah. She's she's like she's not talking and she doesn't blow up. She's just kind of like, this is really dumb what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she keeps a level head and she just yeah. says, This is this, this is I call stupid. bullshit and yeah. I'm 
But, she, um, she's basically like, no, stop yeah. talking. And it's just doing like a lot of. She's kind of like, nope, I don't take your point. Eye rolling. I don't yeah. take yeah. your point. I think this is kind of a spiritual sequel to like two different season one episodes. One is obviously Juneteenth because that's the yes. last like Earn and Van have an adventure episode and there's no Al, there's no Darius. But the other one is Value where Van goes out with another estranged friend slash frenemy and yes. they talk about the the things that their very different choices say about their lives. And in that case, she uh, her ex-friend kind of is a professional wife and girlfriend to professional athletes and mm-hmm. other very wealthy guys. And this friend, you know, diverges from Van in a very different way, but there's clearly a lot of... Van is not someone who feels super happy with where her life is right now or super confident in the choices that got her to that point. Or seen generally. Right. And And so she keeps seeking out people to lecture her about how she should live her life. There you go. Yeah. And this is another one of them. That's a very good comparison. The other obvious least valuable player in this episode. Earn. It's, wow. I mean. Super earn. Can I use swears here? Is this a family podcast? <laughs> you can use swears. I've already, I've already. You can use swears. All right. I'm just going to let, let this dissipate so yeah. I can just give it the full, the yeah. full salt. What a piece of shit. Oh my God. <laughs> really? Just an incurable Wiener. <laughs> did you just say wiener? Wow. I did. That's a pretty wow. I wow. Yeah. But I, I do think like one thing that we haven't quite talked about yet that Atlanta's really good at is the events of this episode speak to a pretty major shift in the status quo of Ern and Van's relationship and the power imbalance between them. And I think when the series starts, like, she's the only one with a stable job and a house, and she's providing for their daughter, and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get with the program. Please start providing. And so, you know, when he's the partner with, quote-unquote, less power, he's really irresponsible and not good at dealing with it. And now we learn pretty subtly, like, two-thirds of the way through the episode that apparently Al's rap career is doing well enough that he's performing regularly and making enough money that Earn can, like, pay Van's bills for her. But the way that manifests is that he's still being a dick even when he holds the cards. And the fact that he manages to be both an asshole who flexes on her and unfairly uses money to be like, you shouldn't be upset with me right now. But then he's also super insecure and is like, what what if she wants a hot German guy? Like, he's just playing both sides of this so badly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the the last week's episode and this week's episode taken together basically just drive home the point that money does not necessarily fix your problems uh, when they are character flaws. (laughs) 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 Which I mean like is a facile thing to say but at the same time it's just kind of like if you were like nothing without money then you're going to be nothing with money. It doesn't help you figure out who you are or how you should live your life which we know but it it doesn't seem like Ern totally knows that. Yeah exactly. Which yeah and it's presented in a really a really thoughtful way just because like yeah the conversation with the the hot german dude over the bar like he's just kind of like i just kind of want some service i don't know what y'all are talking about i like to laugh too and if you're a mature person then you, you just know, leave and yeah. go like, yo uh, i'm gonna holler at y'all in a second i'm gonna go to the bathroom i'll be back right you know if you feel that coming on leave the situation and come back later yeah i feel like the most interesting thing about this episode to me is how it really does start with Ern just being a little bit pissy because he doesn't want to be in this weird German town yeah. at, like, doing a dance competition, which, understandable. Like, mm-hmm. I—nor would I, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, I support yeah. you. And then— 
there's this one small friction in their relationship that then just really like it unravels and it unravels pretty quickly. But you kind of in real life, you you know exactly how that happens. Exactly. Where it's just you, a small thing is opens up the fight that everyone's always having. Yeah. The conver- like the conversation they were having in the car like on the way there and he's just like yeah if it's whack we can just go back to the lodge and do lodge stuff right and it's just kind of like she didn't say that first which makes the whole thing weird it's tough outlook not great for earn right now which i suppose is not surprising that's how television shows work right we have our heroes or anti-heroes and they have to um go through some trials but He's in the shitty trial portion of this experience, I would say. Yeah. It seems like he may not have a full music career for that much longer. The earned stock is plummeting. And yeah. now and now we're all pissed at him. I will say it speaks well of Atlanta that they can recognize their and Donald Glover that he can make the person he's can't, like playing be so yeah. You know, it doesn't try to make the case that we should be in Earn's corner. It's pretty upfront about, you know, he's a bad boyfriend. He's not a good manager. He doesn't necessarily he's deserve He's an okay this. manager. I think he's just he's, about to, like, tangle with a better manager. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like we can't let this episode end without acknowledging uh, the all-timer that Van had early on. It's just kind of like, you know, yeah— the people in this town don't really like me during this festival, but, you know, like, I'm kind of like Serena Williams. Like, they hate, but they can't argue with the What stats. an episode for Amanda Dobbins. I do <laughs> love Serena. I love anything that respects Serena. I wish Serena well, and I wish Van well. I think that's it for this week. Thank you guys very much for going on this emotional journey. Anytime. Any. There's time. no one I would rather share really awkward television with. So thank you, and thanks to everyone. We'll be back next week. One last note, our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and even your feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. That's songfinch.com. 